stand and join me for the call to worship. God's Spirit gives us good and varied gifts. Praise be to God for the gift of loving one another. Praise be to God for the ability to serve one another. Our lives are enriched by these gifts from God. Praise be to God that we are bound together as one, the Spirit which gives us these gifts. be seated and as you are let me welcome all of you who are here have gathered here with us today for worship it is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today to worship the one true and living God on this beautiful Lord's Day 
Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South, always earnestly trying uh, to reach our, our mission or to attain that mission, that is to continually work toward building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. Today, as you've come, we hope that you were warmly received, those who are guests especially and those who may have come uh, on, a, on this special occasion as we have a guest uh, preacher today. Uh, that I'll introduce in just a moment, but we're uh, delighted that you're here. We would like to have a record of all those that attend today, and you'll find a registration tablet at, each, at the end of each pew. If you'll just write your name there, and if there's anything else you would like for us to know or be aware of, you can write that uh, on there as well. You can tear that off and put it in the offering plate later, if you will, uh, as we receive our offering at the end of worship today. Today is a special day for all of us, but especially as we have uh, in the month of July, we've had some guest preachers to come, and today we have uh, one from a sister congregation uh, just down the street, uh, Baptist Church of the Covenant. Their pastor, Reverend Sarah Jackson Shelton, is here with us today, and we're delighted that you're here. Actually, I went back and I pulled your your membership card just to see, <laughs> to make sure that really what you told me was true, and it is. But uh, I won't tell you what her birthday is, but I will tell you that she was baptized here in 1965. And so we're delighted that you're here to come and, and share with us today. Um, your family has a, a, a rich um, legacy here in the sense that you were here for here as growing up as your dad was pastor and Mary Helen and, uh, well, also Joe. And I'm sure there are others that are, that are affiliated to that are part of this uh, this, the history of Southside, and we're glad that you're here today to fill the pulpit. May we continue to worship today as we have our invocation. Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. May our hearts be filled with the gratitude of all the things that you have given us. May we recognize them now, being truly thankful in our hearts for the gifts that you have given us, for a place that we can come to worship you, for being together as a community of faith, uniting in that love. Heavenly Father, right now as we come into this time of worship, may we leave behind all of the things that we worry about, bringing them here to you, leaving him here at this altar so that we can truly worship you, that we can truly be thankful, that we can praise you as our God. We offer this prayer in the name of our Savior, your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
may be seated. Our first scripture lesson today is found in the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter. As you notice, the, the theme of hospitality runs through this service today as we look both at the Old Testament reading of, uh, from Genesis and then also the gospel reading from Luke, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing there. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me go and get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to visit your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seahs of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected the choice tender calf and gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. And he brought some curds and milk for the calf that had been prepared and sat these before them while they ate. The Lord stood near them under a tree. This ends our first lesson. If you're able, would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? Luke chapter 10. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister named Mary, and Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Martha was distracted with much serving, and so she went to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. You are troubled about many things, and only one thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord.
may be seated. Good morning. How are you? How are you, Jack? And Miss Abby, how are you? I like that bow. So pretty. Well, you know, the readings that we just heard were about people coming to someone's house and about them coming and sitting down and eating with those whose home they went to. You ever have anybody come to your house? You do, don't you? What do you, what do, you do? You try to make sure that they're okay, that they're taken care of? I bet when you go over to your granddad's house that he always makes sure you've got everything you want, right? You're getting some high marks, Warren. <laughs> well, you know that in that story that we read, there was a, a little bit of concern because there were two sisters there, Mary and Martha, and one of them was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what he was saying, and they were just, she was just totally uh, engrossed in everything, just couldn't, couldn't bear to move away or turn her eyes away from him. She wanted to listen, but Martha, her sister, was busy trying to get the table set and get the meal prepared and all those things, and she was upset. She was upset because she didn't feel like her sister was helping any. Mary Hell, I don't know if, if Sarah chose this for this particular reason today or not, but it seems, <laughs> I know that's not the case. <laughs> but we're, uh, we want to think about those times that people come to our home and how we sometimes can be distracted from other things. You know, I've got, you know what these are? What do you think those are? Yeah, look back there and see if you can see your granddad. Can you see back there? Back there. See if you can see your granddad. See what he's doing? She knows he's here. You know, there's something else here I wanted to show you too. It's up in the top corner up there where the blue is. You see the blue, and right in the corner, there's a little round, sort of overlooking deal up there. And if you look through these, I think you can see there's some little markings on the back. Look up there and see. That little, the little thing I'm talking about. See, I can see it. The reason that I want to show you that was that sometimes we go through life and we just we don't take we get so busy we don't see the other thing all those things around us. I don't think you're looking at the ceiling now, Jack. You're just looking around. But up there on that little medallion, there's actually three symbols up there. There's a, a rose. Rose of Sharon. There's also a cross and there's an anchor. All three of those are, are symbols that are important to us as Christians. They have great meaning to us. The anchor because our faith holds, our faith in Christ holds us. The cross because of what it means to us. And then the rose being that Rose of Sharon. You know, sometimes we, well, how many people in here knew those were on there? Three or four? You may have heard it before, but the point is this, is that we go through a lot of times, don't we? We have people come to our house, and they sit down and talk to us, but we don't spend any time talking to them. We're too busy doing other things, and sometimes we come in places like this, and we don't see things. Or even when guests come here in our church, and we don't receive them very well, we want them to know that they're welcome, that we want to practice radical hospitality always. So I know that if I go to Jack's home, 
or if I go to Abby's, you're going to take care, you're going to get me something to eat and drink. Now it says in the Bible they wash their feet. I won't, we won't do that. But we will, but if we come, we will sit down at the table and we'll, we'll have uh, time to talk and also time to eat and do the things that we do as friends, especially friends that have the same faith. So as we, as we think about all those things we might let go by when people are with us or when we just wander in and we just don't take time to see the things that are very important, we want to ask God to help us see them and understand them. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this day and for all the blessings of it. We thank you for this time we have to come here. Bless these children. May they be impressed by your presence with them always. May they sense that. And may they be able to see the good and the love of all the people they meet, especially those that love and care for them here. In Christ's name I pray. with me as we come before the Lord. As we think about the concerns in our hearts and minds, those things that weigh heavy on us from around the world, all those different events that have transpired. Oh Lord, as we come before you, we do so with humble hearts. We come into your presence with a sense of anticipation we come into your presence for some comfort some assurance but we come with great expectations as we worship you that as we worship you in spirit and in truth that the worship we offer will be received by you as it's intended worship from the depths of our heart where our spirit groans where we struggle with the realities of the world we live in, where we seek to see justice, where we seek to see mercy, and most especially where we seek to see love demonstrated, especially by those of us who are called to follow you. Oh Lord, in these moments as we pause, may we each offer silently where we are prayers for the people in France in Bangladesh in Turkey those in all parts of the world that find themselves in the midst of war-torn areas offer your silent prayers for those in our own country where there's great pain where there's suffering where there's lack of trust where there's great judgment passed also today for those that you know of who are mourning 
from those who have lost loved ones in the terrorist attacks, from those of our own church family who have lost loved ones, from people you know in the community who have lost loved ones. Oh Lord, we bring all of these concerns to you, for we know that you hear us, that you're already aware of all the concerns that we bring. But we come seeking some sense of stability and peace in our own minds, a knowledge that you're in the midst, that you're that you will take care of those who follow after you, and that we are secure in your hand always. Oh, Lord, may we do the part that we're capable of doing in our own communities, in our own relationships, where we're called to be peacemakers or to be advocates. May we step to the front and do those things that you call us to do. Give us courage. Give us strength. Oh, Lord, we come because we know we can and we must, because you have called us and redeemed us, made us your own. And so we come now with our hearts heavy and weighed down, perhaps, by our own sins and shortcomings. But we know that as we confess those, you forgive us, and you restore us and make us whole. So now, O oh Lord, will you hear us as we, your people, offer prayers prayers that come from our heart, a prayer that even Jesus taught those closest to him to pray. And he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
for this invitation. I was not quite 12 months old when my father came to begin his pastorate here at Southside Baptist Church. Southside has been my home during all my growing up. I heard the stories of Jesus here. I made my profession of faith here. Was baptized here. Heard a calling to vocational ministry here. So to be here with you today continues to grow my love and my appreciation and my respect for this place. A birthday of significance looms large for me in the upcoming weeks. This birthday is of such consequence that all three of my siblings, who are older than I am, decided that they should gather to encourage me and calm any fear I might have about turning While their effort to celebrate with me is not taken lightly, my anxiety over all of us being together has begun. You see, my oldest sibling still wants to be in charge. I remind her quite frequently that this with it, my birthday and that I'm turning an age that brings a bit of wisdom with it. My brother's only concern is what time will happy hour be? He forgets that he's coming to a Baptist minister's home, but he will find an ally in my husband who is also the only son raised in a house full of daughters. My other sibling, she wrings her hands and she says, I don't want to be an imposition on anybody. We are a good study for family systems theory. But please know that apart from my own children and husband, I love these three people and their spouses the best of anybody in the world. I'm grateful to God for their example in my life and the ways that they still tenderly care for me, their baby sister. However, just like in your families, I'm in search for some trick of hospitality that will keep a harsh word from being inadvertently spoken or a difficult memory from being summoned, or some hint of belittlement being expressed, anything that upsets the apple cart so that doors are slammed, phones go silent, and the old habit of scorekeeping begins. It's our families, isn't it, that seem to know exactly which buttons to push to get a reaction? The gospel lesson today revolves around two sisters who had this art down to a fine science. Jesus enters the village of Bethany. Martha extends hospitality to invite by inviting Jesus into her home. But we're not going to be distracted by the discussion that it's a scandal that Jesus enters into a house of a single woman with no man in sight. Instead, we're just going to take the story at face value, shall we? So Jesus is received, and Martha's sister, Mary, sits at Jesus' feet to listen to his teaching. We won't get distracted by the fact that only men are allowed to sit at the feet of a rabbi to learn. Instead, let's just take the story at face value for now, shall we? And so Mary sits at Jesus' feet while Martha is preparing something to eat in the kitchen. We won't get distracted by the fact that Martha feels isolated in the kitchen, put upon, burdened by the duties of being a good hostess. Instead, let's just take the story at face value, shall we? 
And so Martha, harried Martha, comes out to confront Jesus with the fact that she needs Mary to help her in the kitchen. We won't get distracted by the fact that good church people have used this argument for centuries to keep women in their place. In other words, in the kitchen where they won't disturb Jesus or anyone else for that matter. Instead, let's just take the story at face value, shall we? And so Jesus seems to snip at Martha, pointing out that her kitchen duty is trivial in comparison to Mary's learning as the good portion. Oh, the commentators have a field day with this, exonerating Mary, putting before us that to learn from Jesus is the good portion for which we should all aim. But let's don't get distracted, shall we? Distraction. It comes as gently as a vibration in our pocket from our cell phones. At my church, it comes when the ambulance screams down the street, all sirens blaring, and usually at the most important part of the sermon. Distraction comes with email notifications on the bottom corner of the computer screen or the ringing of the telephone. And sometimes, I admit, I purposefully distract myself from, pressing a dead, from a pressing deadline by doing laundry, running the dishwasher, watching just one more episode on Netflix, fiddling with the sound on Pandora. I am usually the most organized and caught up on my to-do list when I stand in the pulpit because I have distracted myself beyond belief. Now, when I wrote that phrase, Distracted beyond belief, it gave me pause. Because distracted beyond belief is exactly what is at the heart of this encounter with Jesus. Do not be anxious. Do not be troubled. Do not be distracted. Instead, believe. More than family drama... The heart of what Jesus is saying for the entire chapter of Luke 10th gospel is belief. Luke has orchestrated chapter 10 in an interesting way. It is like a large day crescendo. He's created it from large global ideals to the very practical living of faith that goes on right here in your personal life. Luke is the only gospel that records these, this event at Martha's home, and so scholars believe Luke placed it right here to bring to summation all that has already been said and done in chapter 10. The story should be considered in light of the previous events and not in isolation. So, have you been following the lectionary readings, Kim? Yes? No? No. Okay. So, some brief background from chapter 10. Luke begins the chapter with Jesus sending out 70 disciples on mission. 70 disciples to 70 nations representing all the nations of the world. Jesus tells those missionaries, don't take anything with you instead. Be totally dependent on the hospitality of those that you meet. They return amazed over all the things that they have experienced. And Jesus reminds them, you have the authority. You have the ability 
You have the strength to tread on serpents and scorpions. You even have power over the enemy and spirits. All this and their names are written in heaven. It's pretty amazing stuff. Then a lawyer presents a challenge to Jesus about which one is the greatest commandment. The answer, love God with all of who you are. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Then Jesus tells that well-worn story about a Samaritan who saves a beaten and a robbed man left for dead beside the road in order to define who a neighbor is. So we know a neighbor is anyone who shows mercy. Then almost immediately, Jesus is walking into Bethany where Martha invites him into her home. We want to make this whole incident into some sort of domestic squabble, some sibling dispute. But keep in mind that Jesus is still teaching. Jesus, like all good teachers, still lives off the residual of all those other events he's just walked through with the disciples. And unraveling right before his eyes is an example of everything that is previously recorded in the chapter. Namely, it is that we are to be merciful. We have the power to be merciful even to those closest to us and to serve mercy in generous portions. Hospitality is so much more than flowers for the table, a savory meal, clean linens in the guest room. Hospitality is about creating space space for others to be received in merciful ways. Hospitality is what Martha creates for Jesus by inviting him into her home. She's doing exactly what Jesus tells those disciples to watch for when he sends them out at the beginning of the chapter. Look for those who will extend hospitality. Stay in their homes, eat their food, and do your mission work. Not only is Martha doing this, but Martha is also emulating the Samaritan who takes care of the physical needs of the traveler who is on his way. Martha is an excellent example of a disciple because of her hospitality. Where hospitality seems to be lacking, however, is between the two sisters. Both sisters have dirty hands in this regard. Mary neglects her sister's cry for help while Martha goes off on a martyr's tirade. There is no sacred space for Mary in the kitchen, no sacred space for Martha at the master's feet. The 19th century poet Giuseppe Belli captures their attitudes when he has Martha say to Jesus, and I believe with both hands on her hip, listen here. If I sat around on my salvation the way that she does, who would keep this house together? Do you know those who sit around on their salvation? I venture to guess each of us experiences at one time or another the awkwardness of being put in our place, or we are on the receiving end of a silencing, withering look from a loved one. Perhaps your inhospitable story includes an occasional pinch under the table, a quick slap to the face, a jerk of an arm, or much worse. Maybe your story of lack of hospitality includes caustic, crippling criticism from a boss, bullying from a peer, dishonesty by a partner, or 
much worse. Maybe the lack of hospitality you feel is most noticeable when you're on Highway 280 and you are cut off from the lane you want to get in. Or when the cell phone comes to the dinner table. Or when you are told, oh, I just want to play one more game of Candy Crush or Mighty Warriors before we have that conversation. The Daily News reminds us that we live in a violent world. Two weeks ago it was Orlando. Last week it was Dallas. This week it is Nice. The more I hear, the more I see, the more helpless and overwhelmed I feel. So I have begun to look for simple acts that I can do to be a part of a solution. And I believe that this is what Jesus is handing us in today's scripture. The solution is as simple as being hospitable, creating space to receive others, yea, our very selves with mercy. What if the great gospel questions of how do I inherit eternal life? Who is my neighbor? Will you tell her to help me? What if these questions that speak to the brutality in which we live found their answers in simple acts of hospitality? I believe Jesus' word to both sisters and to us is that hospitality is the better portion and that this mercy is not just for the strangers we encounter along the road. It is especially for the people who sit right across from us at our own kitchen table on a daily basis. Hospitality, you see, is spiritual. It requires the sole work of letting go of suspicion, suspending judgment, and cultivating genuine, open, spacious, welcoming hearts. That's what Mary was doing. And hospitality results in concrete acts like offering food, drink, and shelter. That's what Martha was doing. I believe if we were to put, put yet one more question to Jesus, a question like, which is the most important, to sit at your feet or to work in the kitchen? That Jesus would reply, yes. I believe this because it is Jesus's, when it is Jesus' turn to play host, he both sets and attends the table. He both anoints and is anointed. He both washes and is washed. Jesus serves the disciples and then empowers them to serve. I enjoy the television show called The, Mid called the Midwives. It's a British broadcast about a community of nuns who serve as midwives in the industrial neighborhoods of London in the 40s and the 50s. And while I have an affinity for all the characters, my favorite is Sister Monica Jean. Monica Jean always has her hand in the cookie jar. She suffers from Alzheimer's, but to the credit of the other sisters' patients, Sister Monica Jean remains a part of their community, often providing insight that speaks truth into difficult circumstances. She reminds me that as I age, I am also committed to remaining a part of a greater community that will make it a priority to be a welcoming place by practicing hospitality that shows mercy to both the great and small. And so when I imagine myself much older 
perhaps in a wheelchair, perhaps with Alzheimer's. I want to be at that place that is most familiar to me. I want to be placed at the entrance to a sanctuary. I want to greet people with loving kindness and assurance of safety, even if I am not sure what I am welcoming them to. But to do that, Hospitality must be so ingrained in me right now that it becomes my whole life. I must involve myself in the practice of mercy with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to my neighbors, known and unknown, as well as to myself. I would rather be an old fool welcoming people at the door with my whole heart and soul than to be an old fool who is distracted, troubled, and anxious. But to change the world, I cannot do it alone. So I'm wondering if you will join me in creating sacred spaces so that others will experience mercy. You teach us, O God, that the way of this life, as well as life eternal, is to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we are to love our neighbor as well as ourselves, and we confess that we are so often overwhelmed by the swirling demands on us that we do neither well. So in your mercy, Lord. Come to visit us, just like Martha, to get to the kitchen, to serve up heaping helpings of hospitality to each one we encounter along the way. Amen. Should there be responses of faith which you wish to make this day, Tim will be here at the front as we stand to sing hymn number 249, The Church of Christ Cannot Be Bound.
God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. May we give as we have been blessed.
Loving Lord, we present these offerings to you. We pray, O oh Lord, that they might be used for your kingdom's work. May we always remember that we are blessed so that we might bless others, creating that space, creating a place where they might experience your love, your mercy, and your grace. Bless these offerings. In your name I pray. Amen. Would we seated for just a moment, please? Just a couple of announcements before we go out into the world and uh, practice what we have heard today. Uh, Sarah, first let me thank you for coming and being here today and coming back home, uh, a place that you uh, were reared, and we, we thank you for being here and for, for sharing with us the word that God laid upon your heart. We also want to welcome all the guests, some who came with you or followed you here, and we're glad that you did. But we have a, a brief reception there in the narthex following us, some lemonade and some cookies, and give us a chance to talk to you and, and greet you and warmly welcome you. It's sort of warm anyway, but we'll, with spirit, with, with a warm spirit, we will welcome you. Uh, but also, I want to uh, call attention to this, that these flowers here today are given in memory of Florine Campbell, given by her sister, Frida Fulmer. And Florine, it's, it's appropriate, I think, that you're here because it, uh, Florine was Dr. Jackson's secretary for a long time, I don't know how many years, but nonetheless, she was a very special lady, and as we talked before coming in, Jim, the only thing we could have done differently was put a hat on it. That might have been the only, <laughs> but it's great, uh, wonderful, and it certainly, is, uh, certainly captures her spirit uh, as we all experienced it through the years. So I hope that, um, that you will, as you see those and remember that, that we all know that Every day we live, we have an opportunity to be a part of someone else's life, to welcome them, to greet them, to show God's love that we have experienced. And we do that by that sacred space that we create, carving out time in our own lives that people can share in our own journey as we journey together. I would en encourage you this week, we have two activities that you'll be, need to be aware of on Wednesday evening. Um, we're having a, an outing down at, to, at Regents Park to see the Barons uh, play the Montgomery Biscuits. So if you want to attend that game and go with us, you'll see that information in the bulletin. But then on Thursday evening, a, a service that many of us have found to be extremely important to us in our own journey is our contemplative worship. It's a time to sit and reflect, to, um, to carve out some time for ourselves, to be hospitable to the Spirit of God speaking to us. So I hope that you'll come and participate in that. But as we go out, would you stand as we do so? Would you pass a peace of Christ by speaking to those nearby you, uh, saying to them, may the peace of Christ be with you. And now as we go out, would you receive the, this benediction? And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.